0: Hey, we're back. This is Esther and Victor here with another episode of Tea and the Law of Raspberry Jam. So, in our previous episode, we talked about a question we get asked a lot, which had to do with how do you coach teams who don't want to be coached.
1: And in this episode, we're going to talk about something else that we hear a lot of people talk about and ask us questions about. And that is, how do I coach people in teams who are resisting me or my ideas?
0: Yeah. So let me tell you a little story. I was track chair for a conference for a number of years, and the entire track selection process was run by volunteers. And one year, one of the other track chairs said, hey, we should stack rank our volunteers. Like, who are the best reviewers? And I had a really strong response to that idea because I thought it was not what people had signed up for. I thought it would be harmful to the group and it wasn't aligned with my values. So I responded really strongly. But to the person who had the idea, it looked like resistance.
1: Yeah. You know, resistance is when other people don't accept your ideas with the speed and enthusiasm that you hope for or desire. Yeah. And there's an assumption behind labeling something as resistance. It kind of assumes that one person gets to tell other people what to do and that there is a right answer and that the right answer does not reside with the people who are being told what to do. So if you're in an organization that talks about resistance, I think it really discloses some meta-information about the system you're in. It's kind of the tale of unequal systems.
0: Yeah, and I think when people label some behavior as resistance, they're cutting off a lot of opportunities because there's almost always valuable information in why people are responding the way they are responding. And you lose that information the minute you label it resistance.
1: Yeah. And when you label it as resistance, it's a form of blame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you blame other people, whether you do it just internally in your mind, or if you do it outspokenly, you kind of reduce any chances you have for problem solving and building partnerships. It kind of goes down when lame shows up.
0: Absolutely. Which is why the first thing you have to do when you see something that you're tempted to label resistance is get past that idea.
1: So coaching past resistance means you getting past resistance in, in your mind.
0: Absolutely.
1: So when we talk about this with people, we get lots of what ifs questions like, oh, but what about this and how would you do this and isn't this resistance? So we thought we'd go through four of these and talk about them. The first one is, well, you know, what if I'm right? And I know I'm right because I've done this before and the other people who are resisting me just have to try it to know that it's really great and it's going to work. You know, my agile inception, I don't know, 14 years ago, so I'm pretty new to it. They talked a lot about Hari, which is follow the rules and then change the rules and then ignore the rules, which is shuhari. And probably unintentionally, but when I learned it, the way I learned Agile was you cannot question anything and you cannot resist or like respond, like just blindly follow exactly what we say. That is what Chu is, which isn't true. So that's one reaction we get a lot like, oh, yeah, but I know that I'm right and they think they're right, but I'm really right.
0: Well, that speaks directly to that assumption that one person gets to tell the other people what to do. And if I am the one who comes bearing the truth, then you should do what I say, which is really disrespectful to the people who may have been working in this field for 14 years or, you know, whatever, right? They're not blank slates.
1: So I think that a part of the problem is that the way people are taught, like in certifications, I remember for myself learning that it's a legitimate style of learning. Ask people to take a leap of faith and just trust you blindly that whatever you know you say is actually going to be right.
0: Well, that reminds me of another story, which involved a certification training. And I was talking to the person who had trained the class afterwards, and she was complaining about all the people in the class who were resisting her. And I said, well, what were they doing? And She said, they were asking me lots of questions. I said, well, to me, that's a sign that they're trying to reconcile what you're telling them with their current cognitive framework. They're trying to reconcile it with how things work where they work. And her response was, well, I don't want them to question. I just want them to drink the Kool-Aid, which is so disturbing on so many levels, if you know where that expression comes from. But it's a similar thing, that someone comes in with an idea, which may be a perfectly wonderful idea, but expecting other people to accept it without any questions without bringing their own thought process and creativity to bear. I think that's an assumption we challenge.
1: Yeah. And before you even label it as resistance for yourself, and we're advocating that you don't, but before you do that, you can also ask, oh, are you exploring? Are you curious? Are you trying to learn more? Or are there aspects of this that you disagree with that you'd like to talk about? Because you don't know, and so you're just assuming that what you're seeing is people actively trying to counteract you. And that's often not true.
0: It's almost always not true. So that reminds me of a story that Jerry Weinberg used to tell about a company he was consulting with. And there was one guy there who kept doing things that seemed like he was actively trying to block what Jerry was trying to bring into the company. And Jerry avoided labeling this guy's behavior as resistance and kept trying to see it from a light of how it could make sense. And he couldn't. So he went to talk to this guy and says, you know, I'm I'm trying to understand what you're doing. And it looks like you're trying to sabotage this. And I, I don't think that could be it, but that's what it looks like. Can you tell me what's going on? And the guy said, yeah, I am trying to sabotage what you're doing. Wow. Because every six months, this company brings in a new set of consultants, and we have to all learn new processes and we have to change the way we're doing everything. So nothing ever gets done. Hmm. So I'm trying to prevent your ideas from being implemented so we can get something done. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. So even when it really looks like resistance, it might not be. You know, that was important information.
1: Yeah, and it opens up a new form of partnership where they can work together to make sure that that doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah, and that's what they ended up doing. They figured out ways that they could keep getting work done without upending things. And it actually ended up, exactly as you say, becoming more of a partnership.
1: So the what if behind that is what if a person is actively trying to distract progress, right?
0: They may have a reason that would give you some important information.
1: Yeah. So our final what if that we want to talk a little bit about is what if they, they, as in the team I'm in or coaching, what if they reject my ideas? And well, you know, maybe you aren't the person to coach them and see if they accept similar ideas from someone else. And I actually have a personal story about this, which involves you, Esther. <laughs> a while back when I was working at Spotify, we had a management team, a newly formed management team. And initially we were three people. And we would talk about things that happened and, you know, I would get asked, what do you think? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? And I would share my observations and share my opinions or my advice. And they would just, sometimes they would say yes, but many times they would say, "Uh, oh, yeah, okay. And we would just move past it. Then we brought in another coach and he would repeat many of the things that I had said, many of the observations and, and some of the advice. But that also just went under the radar. But then we brought in you as our coach for... <laughs> And you said things, basically very similar things. And they were like, oh, yes, yes, we definitely agree with this. (laughs) And uh, afterwards, several of these meetings, the other coach came to me and said, but we've been saying this for six months. How come they are just (laughs) listening to this now? Were they resisting us? No, they weren't. I mean, we could have probed much more to figure out what happened there. We chose to not do it, but there is something in that. Sometimes you're not the person to coach them.
0: Yeah, and that can be for a lot of reasons. One of the things that I've noticed over the years is that sometimes an answer from inside the company, unconsciously people feel like, well, you know, if you could figure that out, I should have been able to figure that out. And so it must not be right because you're not that smarter than me. But if they hear it from somebody from the outside, there's some sense that you have different insights. So I actually see that happen a lot.
1: I see both examples happening, like you are an outsider, so I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. And then I see you are an outsider, so I trust you because you are neutral. And I think it's really important if it's something you're labeling as, oh, they're rejecting my ideas. Is it because you're internal or because you're external? Could that be a thing?
0: It could be either of those. Yeah. And every once in a great while, I run across a situation where it's because they just don't like that person. Either they got off to a bad start or the ideas are coming from somebody who always has ideas for other people to do but never seems to take on any of the work. And so there can be a lot of reasons that people respond that way. And if you look into it, you might find another great avenue to move
1: forward. I mean, we just shared a few what ifs. There are lots of other what ifs that we encounter. Like, for example, what if it's my responsibility to ensure that this happens? A lot of coaches or change agents have it in their role description that they're supposed to push past resistance. Or what if it's other people in the company that are labeling responses as resistance? What do I do then? Or, so what am I supposed to call it when people openly criticize my ideas? Or, what if the people in my team think it won't work and are saying that? Or, what if people have tried this before and they aren't enthusiastic? Like, there are so many what-ifs. What do we say to them?
0: I think in some ways you go back to the advice we had for coaching teams that apparently don't want coaching. You make a new entry with the people and you get really curious about what's going on for
1: them. Because what you label resistance is mostly a response. 99% of the time.
0: Almost always, almost always.
1: And there's a lot of valuable information there if you gain access to your curiosity.
0: Yeah, you have to maintain your curiosity and then sometimes you can spark curiosity in other people. They'll give you information about why they are responding the way they are. And if you listen to them, they are more likely to return the favor and listen to you So they might get a little more curious about what you have. So there can be some reciprocation there.
1: And if you're leading up something, leading up change, which is very popular today at large companies, if you talk about resistance, that's a good thing to just stop doing. (laughs) Oh, hey, Izzy.
0: Hey, Izzy, you're supposed to be being quiet.
1: Do you have a bribe?
0: i better get out some more bribes.
1: Well, so it leads to division. Talking about resistance, you divide people into the good and the bad. And there is very little ground for collaboration there.
0: Yeah. And when it comes from the top, I think that really sets a bad tone because once you've labeled some people as resistors, all you can do is push them harder to change or push them out of the company.
1: Yeah. Resistance, what do you do? How do you overcome resistance? You just push. That's what we learned, right? But all this said, there are times when people really do not want whatever that's being proposed Mm -hmm. and, you know, invite people. But at a certain point, they might not want to come along and that has to be fine. So at a certain point, there is a choice. Sometimes individuals make it and sometimes the company makes it for them. Some people can do this, what psychologists call childish reactions and then adult reactions. And some people are able to do this in adult conversations. I remember one client I worked with, they were changing a technology, and there were some people that were really furious about this, and they said, this is never going to work, and you're completely wrong. And then there were some other team members who said, look, this sucks for me, but I think this is really the right choice for the company, and I'm right now struggling because I don't know if I want to shift from this technology that I really appreciate from a personal standpoint. So that's a very different type of reaction. Sure. And that invites to a conversation in very different ways.
0: Yeah. You know, I've had that situation, too, where I was part of a group that wanted to go in one direction and there was one person who wanted to go in a different direction. And, you know, as long as we kept having discussions about trying to reconcile these two points of view and bring things together, no forward progress was being made anywhere. Right, and he wasn't even willing to experiment with the direction that 90% of the people, well, he was the only one who wanted a different direction, so I don't know what the actual percent is, but everybody but him wanted to do, and yet he still wanted to be part of the group. So we had to have a really difficult conversation saying, we'd like you to be part of the group, but we're going this way, and if that's not where you want to go, then we respect your opinion, we respect your right to choose that. But we don't accept you continuously arguing so that nobody can make progress. So come with us if you want. And if you can't tolerate it, then you need to not be part of the group. And it wasn't easy conversation, but I think it was more respectful than, you know, pushing
1: or firing. And you need to give people base first before you have that conversation. Sure. If you're sharing something like, oh, we're having these kind of conversations and we're thinking in these terms and someone starts asking lots of questions, that's not the first thing you start with. Maybe you invite them to a series of workshops, five, 10 workshops. But if they're not making any shift, but everyone else is making a shift and you strongly believe that you've been probing and trying to figure out, like, get some valuable information from that response, but you're not finding anything else, then it might be time for that conversation. Sure. Sure.
0: And on the other hand, sometimes the result of those conversations is that people do decide that, you know, maybe it's not my first choice, but there's other things I value here, and so I'm going to go along with what's happening. And sometimes when some critical mass adopts a new way of doing things, people just come along. You know, they see it's not so bad. They see that, you know, everybody else is doing it, and so they'll move. So pushing them doesn't help, right? Pushing them doesn't help them in that process.
1: Okay, let's recap. Coaching past resistance. How do I coach people who are resisting me or my ideas?
0: You get past the idea that they're resisting.
1: And you stop labeling stuff as resistant. Yeah. One is the internal process and one is the behavior.
0: Yeah. Drop that label from your vocabulary and get curious about why people might be responding the way they are.
1: And if you have a really tricky situation, please send us an email. We'd love to talk to you about it. We would alright that's it for this time thank you all for listening
0: if you have a topic you'd like us to chew on in a future episode send it through
1: and we will howl and bark at you (gasps) (laughs) alright bye bye
0: bye